Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today is December 12th. Uh, 2023. I'm sharing that with you because this will be my last recorded episode or individual episode uh, for the year. You will still get the Monday podcast. You will still get those Monday interviews uh, where I have guests on. You will still get those on Mondays. But um, I like to, I try to record these in real time for the most part. And, uh, and I will be gone i'll be on a little vacay so i will not be recording and uploading and also as a way of like being present and and taking care of myself and recharging so that in 2025 wait what is this is what year is this oh 2023 so that next year um be ready to go and provide and connect with you on a deeper level uh, so this is a random episode, meaning if you've listened to my random episodes, I just randomly talk about stuff. I don't know uh, quite what I'm going to say, how I'm going to say it, but we're going to have fun. And it's just stuff that I found interesting throughout the week, at whether they were experiences or things that I've read, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, first random thing is uh, anemia. Those of you who've been following know that I love to eat fish primarily. I have six eggs for breakfast and uh, canned sardines or canned tuna for lunch. And then I'll have some type of whole fish for dinner. Usually I'll have lamb or red meat on the weekends uh, from Cava, one of my favorite places to get food. But then I got some blood tests because I have athlete's feet. My doctor said that I have to take a pill every day for three to six months to eliminate the athlete's feet. So, but before I took that pill, I had to get blood tested. My blood test said that I'm not anemic, but my iron levels are a little lower than normal. It's kind of like when you're pre-diabetic, you're not diabetic, you're, but you're on a cusp, right? Uh, so my iron levels are there. And I was shocked. Because I'm like, I'm, I'm eating so much fish. I thought my iron levels were going to be through the roof. So today, just today, 12, 12, 23, I bought some uh, venison, which is like elk or deer meat. Traditionally, not a big fan. If you ever had any type of game meat, it's very gamey, very chewy. And I hate it for that. That's why I love fish. You chew a few times, you chew and swallow, chew and swallow. Game meat, you have to really, you really have to use, I mean, my jaw is tired after five minutes and I haven't even swallowed my first bite. It's a, it's, to me, it's a horrible experience unless I get it from restaurants. So I was fascinated. I was like, why is it when I order lamb or elk or deer or whatever, from a restaurant, it doesn't uh, taste or feel as gamey. And then I discovered that I need to soak it in vinegar and olive oil for 24 to 48 hours before I cook it. And that breaks it up. And I did that. And today I had some and it was perfect. It digests well. I feel great. And now I'm super excited to 
be incorporating uh, venison back into my diet because I do love the taste of beef and elk and, and deer and all that. I just hated how gamey it was. So I, I just stayed away from it. And then I felt like I wasn't digesting it uh, um, efficiently. Now that I know I just need to soak it, boom. And, you know, it's actually a metaphor for life where there are just some things that come at us and at face value is too much. It's too overwhelming. And what we need to do is let it marinate, let it sit for a while, and then we find that we can digest and metabolize it. News can be like that. People can be like that. There's some people who, when you meet them, it's just like, wow, you're coming off really strong. But then you find that if I sit and actually talk to you and listen and, and uh, lean into my curiosity, that after you know an hour, two hours, or what have you, that there's other levels to you, and, and I actually enjoy your company and what you have to say. I've definitely met people like that where at first I was like, I didn't think I liked this person. And now I'm like, I love this person. This person is great. So some people, they just gotta, we just got to let them marinate. And that's also beautiful for us to remember that um, sometimes we're that person who has to marinate for other people, meaning that, you know, there might be someone who you've met and you're like, wow, we... That, I don't think that person likes me at all or, uh, you know, they're always, uh, they just kind of seem to be avoiding me. And the truth is we just haven't marinated in each other's presence long enough to get to know each other. So sometimes you just need that, you need that marinade, baby. Um, so I've ramped that up. And then if you're a male, I discovered that you want eight, um, eight, I need eight milligrams of iron per day to get my daily allowance of iron. And for women, I think it's double, especially if you're, um, you know, depending on your monthly cycle and, and, and how much of an experience that is for you, you might have to up it and you might naturally be anemic. So then you need even more iron. Now there's two types of iron. I was fascinated by this. I had no idea. There's hame iron and non-hame iron. I think I'm pronouncing it correct. H-A-E-M. I think it's Hame, right? Um, hame iron is easily absorbed into our system, and we get that from meat, poultry, fish, uh, etc. Right? Where non-hame iron from seeds, nuts, vegetables are not easily absorbed by the body. So that's why uh, you may find that um, vegans or vegetarians may have to use an iron supplement because those non-vegetable sources are not as easily absorbed. So that's why, like, numbers aren't enough. A lot of times, you know, we're always looking at the numbers, like, you know, how many steps did I get in or how much uh, sleep did I get? Like, numbers by themselves are not enough. You really have to understand how to read the numbers and what they mean. Um, and, and that's in anything, whether we're talking about finances, health, mental health, whatever arena, um, it, it, you know, because there'd be times where like I'll get lab results back and I'm like, I can't believe, you know, this is low. He's like, he's like, that number by itself doesn't mean anything. It's 
that number in relationship, everything's a relationship, that number in relationship to the other numbers is what's important. And he goes, and that's what I'm looking at. And I was like, oh, okay, doc. I see why you get paid the big money. Um, second random thing. For my people out there in Argentina, you got a new president, Javier Malay, um, and he rose into prominence because he put out this profanity-laden video um, talking about whatever issues there were, and that helped gain him some popularity. Why do I bring this up? Because there is... Uh, research and books written by professors and doctors that say uh, profanity is good for us, right? Um, if you're one of those people out there who are out there um, like, oh, I'm a good boy, I'm a good girl, and I shouldn't curse, the research shows that cursing during a physically painful event can help us better tolerate the pain, right? And also, profanity um, uh, builds trust with other people because it, there's research that shows that we trust people who curse. It's almost like if you drink, if like if you don't drink, people don't trust you. Like I don't drink, and people look at me skeptically, like why don't you drink? They're almost asking. They're really not asking why don't I drink. They're really asking like then what's your vice? What do you do? Cocaine? What's your What's your thing? Because if it's not alcohol, then there's something else, right? Um, and so profanity has uh, many useful functions. One, like, and then there was even an interview with The Rock. And he was saying how he tried to be the nice guy. And I, I shared this in another episode. But, uh, but it wasn't until he started cursing that he actually started to gain uh, popularity. Right, so it it brings us together. It's a quick way. Bad words are just a quick way for us to communicate with each other and and foster human relations. So, if if you want to let the profanity fly, let it fly. Now there are people out there who um, don't curse, and that's how you were raised, and you know, and that works for you. But if you're a person who feels like you are. Uh, you know, stifling yourself or, or censoring yourself or, or suffocating your, your voice. If you, if you feel like you're, you're choking out your authenticity because you're, you're trying to be nice and pleasant and all that, it's like, no, no, no. And if you'll notice, you go to, if you go to Barnes & Noble, any bookstore, there's so many books with the word, uh, you know, with the F word in the title, in the title, and they're flying off the shelves. You know, the subtle art of not giving an F, uh, go the F to sleep, uh, you're uh, effing, you know, like just F, 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 and they're bestsellers. So if, if you're a person who's afraid of profanity because, it, it, you know, it's not going to make you, it's going to kill your image, uh, you might need to let it fly. That might be the therapy. <laughs> I mean, this dude got elected president, right? Uh, brings me to my next random thought, which is uh, Mohammadi, uh, Narjis Mohammadi, uh, is 51, and she won the Nobel Peace Prize for her decades of activism. Right now, she's in prison, <laughs> <laughs> right? 
right? It's and and not to laugh at the fact that she's in prison, but the irony of being imprisoned and one of her um and as a, an additional punishment uh is 150 lashes. I forget what country has her imprisoned, but uh her daughters are in exile. So she's in prison, her daughters in exile and uh and she's uh, due to receive 150 lashes. Um, her thing is, is that she's been outspoken about women's rights and the anti-death penalty, and that's why she's been imprisoned. I bring this up to say that when we stand up for something that is, is so pure and valuable as women's rights, anti-death penalty, um, you know, there can be consequences. We, and if, but if we stick to who we are, then we can tolerate the pain. We can tolerate the exile. We can tolerate the separation. Um, when we have values that we really believe are worth fighting for, it allows us to still be a voice. Because she has won the Nobel Peace Prize this year while she's in prison. So, People are still acknowledging her. And then she was able to write a letter to her daughters and communicate to them uh, while in prison. So if, if you're feeling um, pain, pressure, stifled, know that standing up is, may come with repercussions, may come with consequences. But if, we, if it's you know, beliefs worth fighting for, then we can stand with our chest out and our shoulders back and we can, and that can nourish us. We can feed off of that, right? Versus standing up for nothing, not, you know, not saying anything. And then we're just kind of living this shrinking small life uh, uh, where there, there, not that there are no consequences, but then the consequence is numbness is avoidance, is um, uh, pain. It, it, at some point, it's, it's painful to stay curled up in the corner and not, and not be a voice, right? Um, next random thing. So I'm really, insp- my point is I'm really inspired by Nargis Mohammadi because she, when she stood up and became an activist, she knew that this was possible and, um, and so it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful that um, uh, she's still a voice. It reminds me of um, Nelson Mandela, right? These people who are just a voice, standing up for what they believe in and willing to take the consequence. Uh, it's a reminder for me, really. Uh, next random thing. I, there was this article about people being flaky, and I recognize that it's not that people are becoming more flaky. She was like, people are all of a sudden so flaky. It's that we live so spread out now. It is more difficult to determine if I can get from A to B three months from now. I had a friend um, invite me to a, a wedding. I, I didn't make it. He, he sent the, the, the invites months ago, and I, I didn't go. It pained me not to go. But uh, my sciatic pain was was too intense to make the trip. So, of course, it made me look flaky because I said I was going to go. Um, 
But I, you know, I explained to him and I shared to him, and, and he understood because he too is going through some uh, physical aches and pains. But one, the like when we lived in a tribal community, no one could flake. We all lived in the same place. Like I, like you're like five steps. Everyone was five steps from each other. But now I have friends who live in Dallas, Chicago, Atlanta, overseas. Yeah, there's gonna be some cancellations. <laughs> The flight's not going to make it. There's a you know some global disaster. Something's going to can happen between now and then. And then back in the day, you you weren't making plans three months, three years in advance because you all live together in a tribal area, right? But now we have to make uh, I have to let you know six months in advance so that you can take off work and and hopefully get off work. It's like there's just so many things contributing to the flakiness of of it all. Uh, and then what other random? <laughs> and this episode is really just for me, right? Oh, I, I love this. I, I was reading about this guy, Bob Petit. He's 91. He's a Hall of Fame basketball player. And he's 6'9". The reason why I love the fact that he's 6'9 is because when I, I want to live to be 100, and every time they show me a picture or talk about some centenarian, a person who's lived to 100, they're always like 4351. Uh, they're very short. And here we have a Hall of Fame basketball player, 91, and he's 6'9. I'm 6'1 and a half, so I could definitely make it to 100. I'm, I'm so excited by this guy, Bob Petit. And there's other people over six feet tall who are in their 90s. So let's go. Let's break let's break the mold. And this also um, highlights the fact that whatever you want to do, find your heroes. Find your, don't, you know, social media and, and movies and TV and, and magazines, they will, they will feed you and, and your parents, they will all feed you your, who your heroes are. But pick your own heroes. Pick your own um, Mount Rushmore, your own Hall of Fame, your Wall of Fame, the, the people that you look up to. Bob Petit is definitely going up there. Along with my boy, uh, uh, Rosie Greer, he was an NFL football player. And now he's in his 90s, and that dude is massive. He's, he's, he's like the size of the rock. And, and not only did he play uh, in the NFL, he was also, then he became... Um, the bodyguard for JFK. <laughs> what? It's so random. Like he had, then he had a TV show. He had such. He's had, and then he wrote a book on on sewing or stitching. He's had such a random life. I love it. So pick your own uh, Hall of Fame. The people that you want to look up to. And then the last thing uh, I want to leave you with uh, on this random episode is oh no, two things. All right. Uh, last two things. Um, there's a there's an app called Hair After AI, and it allows us to talk to dead people. That's right. It allows us to talk to our loved ones. A video. Uh, so you'll get a video, a voice. I saw this in the show Succession. If any of you have watched it, where um, they were able to talk to someone who died. Almost gave it away for those of you who haven't seen it. But they were able to talk to someone who died. And it looked just like them and, and talked just like them. Notice I'm saying them, so I'm not even giving away gender. Um, 
And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And then here it is. It's an actual thing. It's called Hereafter AI. And you can, um, uh, it'll just, I, I, can't, I can't explain how it works, but basically you, you ask it questions and it'll respond as if it's that person. For some people, it's creepy. It's creepy to hear someone, um, uh, to see an AI-generated image of someone who is dead speaking to you in real time. Um, but for some people it can be cathartic and I just thought it was a, it's a cool thing. So I'm, I'm going to look out for that and, uh, read a bit more into it and see how people are using it. But I think that that's really cool here after AI. And then last thing for us people who during the holidays, like we're struggling with, um, alcohol, drinking, sugar, there's a myth that when you cook with alcohol, when you cook with alcohol, that it burns off. That is not true. It does not, it doesn't burn off completely, okay? Here it is. If you cook something with alcohol for 15 minutes, 40% of it is still left. If you cook something for an hour, then 25% of that alcohol is still left. If you cook with alcohol for two hours, 10% of that alcohol is still in there. So if you are a person who has been sober, trying to get sober, trying to avoid triggers, make sure that whatever you're eating, and this, they put this in desserts also, right, that uh, it wasn't cooked, baked, fried with alcohol because the alcohol is still there. And I know this for a fact because I've had some, uh, that I don't want to say, but there's an ice cream that they put alcohol in there. And I was like, oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little saucy here. I'm fi- <laughs> so thank you for tuning in to this random episode. I hope uh, during the holidays you find someone that, uh, I hope you find yourself. I hope you use this time to understand yourself, connect with yourself, get grounded in self, um, and, and wrap those arms around yourself. I hope that you feel seen, heard, understood, and um, let's get to tomorrow together. If you found any value in any of these random uh, episodes or uh, uh, topics that are brought up, uh, please share it with one other person, you know, whether it's about the alcohol or the hereafter AI, share it, say, you know, let them know what you thought stood out to you. And, um, Remember, this episode is not a it's not a substitute for you calling the 988 or any of the other 800 numbers. You can chat, talk, text. You can go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together.
in Welsh, they have a hug called the Quitch. I'm probably mispronouncing it. C-W-T-C-H. C-W-T-C-H. It's a sort of full-bodied hug you get that means you can melt into the support of another. Not just a hug, but a quitch. And that's the type of, of thing I'm seeking when it comes to music, movies, relationships, just life. That full-bodied hug, that immersive experience. I said I would read three passages from The Comfort Book by Matt Haig. I've only read one. So I'm going to squeeze both in right now. On page 194, it's titled The Cure for Loneliness. Quote, loneliness is not an absence of company. Loneliness is felt when we are lost. But we can be lost right in the middle of a crowd. There's nothing lonelier than being with people who aren't on your wavelength. The cure for loneliness isn't more people. The cure for loneliness is understanding who we are, end quote. It's so true because there's so many people who uh, they choose to self-isolate for years, decades, and they're fine. Uh, I don't want to say fine, but, you know, they they cope, they manage, they find a way to stay engaged and, and be alive. And so you recognize that whether you can be in New York and still feel lonely, right? There's so many movies about people living in New York and can't find anyone and struggling to find a date or find friends or find connections. And you can be with yourself and feel connected. I I see people, you know, eating dinner by themselves or, um, you know, going to the movies. I went to the movies the other day by myself and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it thoroughly because I didn't feel like I was by myself because everyone in there was laughing at the things I was laughing at. We were crying at the things. We were all crying together, laughing together, cheering together. So when you have that type of group think, then you, you dissolves into the, into the greater. So I really enjoyed that. And then the last one I want to read from Matt Haig, uh, Matt Haig's comfort book is on page 87, and it's titled The River. People talk a lot about flow, workflow, musical flow, yoga flow, life flow. If we are stressed about something, we might be advised to go with the flow. What does this even mean? In Siddhartha, Herman Hesse's novel about one man's spiritual discovery, he writes, the river is everywhere. The story is indeed partly centered around a river. The central character, Siddhartha himself, aims to live his life near a river that provides him with spiritual inspiration. The voice in the river teach him acceptance and spirituality. On the edge of suicide, he falls into a deep sleep and is saved by the soothing voice of the river that helps him discover a spirituality he'd never known. Later, the river teaches him that time is an illusion and that all his problems and pains are part of a larger fellowship of nature. Individual events mean nothing by themselves, but are part of a larger totality and can only be understood within the whole. This is what the river teaches him. For me, the flow of life is about accepting things as part of something bigger, accepting every molecule of water as part of the river. 
This comforts me when I have moments of torment or suffering. Pain is selfish. It demands full attention. But each moment is part of a totality. Each moment is a brushstroke in a painting. Let's say a painting of a river, which when we, see st- when we stand back can be rather beautiful. I have had moments of pain so strong I wanted everything to end. But standing back, they're just shadows accentuating light. I hope this episode was a podcast that helped you to step back and recognize that your pain, your suffering are just shadows accentuating life, light. I hope you found comfort in today's episode. If you did, please take seven seconds and share it with one other person. You can always reach out to me at leoflowers2000 at gmail and, you know, just to reach out, just to say hi. Why not, right? Why not? Just say, I mean, you've been tuning in. You've been listening. I'll respond. I'll respond at least to the first one. I don't I don't promise follow-ups. I'm going to let you know that now. Um, and then I'm getting on a, a cruise ship here pretty soon, so I might have limited internet. But I always promise to respond to the first one for now, right, early on. And... Um, because I want to hear from you guys. And if you have suggestions, ideas of episodes you'd like me to talk about, please share those. Uh, Remember, this podcast, though, is not a substitute for you calling the 988 or any of the 800 numbers. You can chat, talk, text, or you can go to thrivewithleo.com to work with yours truly so that we can get to tomorrow together.